Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 107. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. So I'd like run in and just grab pineapple just to like, you know, cause it's right near the register. And I was standing there in the freezing cold eating pineapple. So I wouldn't be a burden to everyone. And so I just, it was such a struggle to fit this, you know, healthy lifestyle with norms, social norms. And after a while it, it hit me that if I just own it, like it's more about confidence than anything else. It's about claiming this way of life as as your brand, that you know, like your personal brand, your identity, like your value system. Hey, veggie lover, happy Sunday. I hope that you are having a plantastic day. Well, I have a treat for you today. Talia Pollock, author of Party in Your Plants. I just like to say that title of that book like over and over again, and I'm afraid that I'm going to say party in my plants. I don't know if that would be like a Freudian slip, but anyway, really awesome cookbook, but also just in general, just a great guide, lots of great tips. But before I talk about Talia and we get to this fabulous interview, there's two things I'm excited about. Number one, in August, just a few weeks away, I'm going to feature a pediatric series. I am lining up some amazing guests and topics for you all about children, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, how to eat more beans. We're going to hear from three pediatricians, two dietitians, a mom that knows how to 
help kids eat more plant foods and more. It's going to be amazing. So you definitely want to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of those episodes because there's going to be the regular Sunday episodes and bonus episodes all throughout the month of August. And I picked August because August is my birthday month. So there should be really cool things that happen in August. And I decided that this year it's going to be the pediatric series. So subscribe and I can't wait for you to listen to all those great episodes. The other thing I wanna tell you about is all of my free resources that we have been lining up over the past few months You can find them all at dryami.com forward slash free. So many great downloads, how to go dairy free, how to go meat free, replace meat in your diet, zero waste swaps, shopping lists, all kinds of goodies for you. So just go to dryami.com forward slash free so that you can get your hands on those PDFs and you can download as many as you want. In addition, if you don't want any of those downloads, but you want to join my newsletter, you can text the word fiber to F. Oh, text the word fiber, F-I-B-E-R to 66866. And for those of you that have been sending me messages on Instagram, social media, thank you so much for reading my book. It warms my heart to know that it's making a difference in your life and in your children's lives, that it's making an impact and helping you relax and just feel good about feeding your kids. I am so glad that my book is helping so many people. If you haven't already checked out my book, it's called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. You can find it on all major online booksellers. So don't hesitate to check that out. And if you happen to be able to leave me a review on Amazon, I really would appreciate that. It really helps other people find the book and it just gives me great feedback. So thank you. I want to read a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for Veggie Doctor Radio. This is from Razor Packs, titled, Dr. Yami is the best. Aw, thank you. Dr. Yami is such a natural podcast host. She is delightful to listen to, and the research she puts into these important topics is obvious. She is smart, empathetic, and lives the life she promotes as a physician. Cannot recommend this highly enough. Thank you so much, Razor Packs. I really appreciate you taking the time in your day to leave that review. It means a lot to me. Remember that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment by a healthcare professional. So if you have concerns about you or your child's eating, nutrition, growth, etc., please contact your healthcare professional. All right, let's talk about Talia. Talia is so cool. I am so glad that I got to meet her. She is an author, speaker, storyteller, plant-based chef, TV personality, and health and empowerment coach. She wanted to be a comedian when she was growing up, and she's so animated and beautiful and just so fun to talk to. I know you're going to love this interview. 
So she's the host of the popular award-winning Party in My Plants podcast and the proud founder of Party in My Plants, an internationally celebrated wellness platform that helps real, busy, everyday people skyrocket their energy to boldly take on the world in any way they wish. Talia's simple recipes and spunky lifestyle advice has been featured repeatedly on the Dr. Oz Show, Good Morning America, The Huffington Post, Forbes, Mind Body Green, BuzzFeed, Bustle, Success Magazine, and more. Wow. Her first book, Party in Your Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life, just hit kitchen counters and nightstands, hanging out as a number one new release for over three weeks now. She lives in New York with her husband and her golden doodle, both of whom love kale and one of whom eats it off the floor. I wonder who's the one that eats it off the floor. Hmm. Anyway. Guys, Talia launched and released her book during the social distancing pandemic quarantine time. And that's really difficult for an author because it's limited her ability to go out and promote her book. You know, she's had to do everything online. So if you are a plant-based eater, if you want some great tips, even if you think that this is a book that you would want to gift to somebody else, can you please purchase a copy of her book. I know it'll be really helpful to her, but it's a great book. It's beautiful, it's fun, it's funny, which is also very important, and it really has great practical advice. I feel like her philosophy aligns pretty well with my philosophy, and you'll see this interview. So I hope that you really love this interview. Please subscribe to my podcast so you do not miss the amazing pediatric series coming up in August. While you wait, Go back through all of the old episodes you haven't listened to. In last year, I think it was September, October, I had an intuitive eating series. So if you still don't know quite what intuitive eating is or if it applies to you or your family, check out my intuitive eating series from September, October of 2019. Okay, I know that you're tired of listening to me introduce, so let's get on with the show. Talia Pollock, thank you so much for joining me on Veggie Doctor Radio. Ah, such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I am feel so honored that I got to read your book, Party in Your Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life. I love that title. That is so Great. Congrats on your book. It's so colorful and playful and just so fun. And I wanted to ask you, because in your book, you say that one of your missions is to use humor to inspire people to eat more plants. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I originally started out in life really wanting to be a comedian. I found that being able to use humor to connect with people and to uh, diffuse their problems was one of the most healing and magical things, you know? So in college, I wrote the humor column. And what I would do is I would just 
write about our shared struggles as college students. So I had one that was about like picking classes and how like you have to like set your watch or your clock and then like it sells out and then what do you have to do? And the stress of that or the stress of writing a resume and cover letter. And I would get stopped on campus like, oh my God, you're the column girl. That was hilarious. Thank you. And what I noticed was by putting words to our shared collective problems, people were feeling less alone. Mm -hmm. And that is just, it's healing. And so I brought that passion into health and wellness because when I started out eating plants, it was also in college where I felt completely alone. Mm -hmm. You know, like I learned about plant eating before you could buy almond milk in stores. So I was in school soaking nuts, putting them in a blender, putting them in a, you know, strainer and then making almond milk while my friends were out like doing keg stands. You know, like I felt like a total outcast. And so that was my pain point. So when I left school, I set out to blend my passion for comedy with my passion for wellness. And that's how Party in My Plants was born. I love it. Isn't it amazing how things like that happen in life? You, you're born with these gifts and you think it's going to take you in one direction, but then it merges with other life events and takes you in a completely different direction, but you still get to use your gifts. I mean, unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I just get the advantage of seeing you, even though listeners can only hear you and you're so <laughs> animated and you're just, your face just lights <laughs> up. It's just such a treat to get oh, to see you as well. You. Well, can you go a little bit more into how healthy eating can become socially isolating? You touched in, yeah. on it a little bit because at the beginning of your journey, you're saying nobody else was doing any of this stuff. So can you, can you talk more about how even today healthy eating can be socially isolating for some people? Yeah, for sure. So for me, I found the plants after struggling with my digestion for over eight years. So it really started as a child, you know, it got really bad in high school where I just had terrible digestive issues. And that led me to seek out help from everyone I could think of, multiple gastroenterologists, naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, chiropractors, acupuncturists, everyone under the sun. And the most I could get was you have IBS good luck, you know, because they didn't have like a cure. IBS kind of just means we ruled out everything else. Here you go. Like, bye. Um, and I was in college when you're supposed to be thriving, but my compromised digestion, you know, as you know, I'm sure, you know, your immune system lives in your gut. And so when I started having all these terrible issues, it really affected my immunity. So I was in college getting ear infections. I got a herpes breakout on my eyebrow. And when you're walking around college with herpes on your eyebrow, it's a little tough to have confidence, um, to have energy. So I, you know, fell into depression. I had tons of anxiety. So I was just a mess. And I knew I had this potential in me. I, I, I knew it, but my health was coming in the way of it. And so my junior year in college, I was studying quote unquote abroad because I was in LA, um, but I from, went to school in New York. So it felt like 
a different country. <laughs> and um, I was interning for Adam Sandler's production company, Happy Madison. So I was really gung-ho about comedy. And in my off time, I was just bouncing around the LA wellness scene. And I took my first ever spin class. My got my first colonic. <laughs> and um, I was going to all these like woo-woo healers because I was so desperate to figure out how I could feel better. And one of these healers was selling me a whole bunch of supplements as I was buying them in hopes that they would cure my parasites that they claimed I had. Um, I told them the receptionist, I was hungry. And she pointed across the street and said, go there, get a coconut smoothie. I said, okay. I ordered the coconut smoothie. They hand it to me. It's this frothy, white, creamy drink. And I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do dairy. And they look at me and say, sweetie, this is vegan. I had no clue what vegan meant because like I said, this was 2008 before like Beyonce had put it on the map. Like I, there were no blogs, there was no Instagram podcast, nothing. So I drank the smoothie and it was the first thing in over eight years that actually made me feel good. So obviously I'm gonna dive headfirst into the vegan planty Kool-Aid and I did. And I would just sit in Barnes and Noble writing notes from all the few vegan books I could find. And then I had to go back to school and I had this new way of life, but it did not mesh with the normal way of life. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that I had to choose. You know, I had to choose between my happiness or my health because I was in my dorm making kale chips while my friends were off partying. So I deactivated from my sorority because I felt so insecure. And then I started taking online classes from my on-campus apartment because I just didn't want to be the weirdo showing up with like a smoothie. You know, it just felt so isolating. And so I graduated healthier than ever, but more unhappy. And I, I saw it bleed into my relationships, you know, my family that I was the, the like annoying one, because like, I, I'm, my family's from Pittsburgh and going to Pittsburgh Steelers tailgates is like our religion. And so I, I had to be the burden, someone asking to like, can we go to Whole Foods before? So I could like get something to eat and everyone be like waiting in their car, tapping their foot, like, cause they were annoyed. So I'd like run in and just grab pineapple just to like, you know, cause it's right near the register. And I was standing there in the freezing cold eating pineapple. So I wouldn't be a burden to everyone. And so I just, it was such a struggle to fit this, you know, healthy lifestyle with norms, social norms. And after a while, it, it hit me that if I just own it, like it's more about confidence than anything else. It's about claiming this way of life as, as your brand, that, you know, like your personal brand, your identity, like your value system. And it honestly, through coaching people for the past seven years, it's just become very clear that it takes courage and confidence to tell your mother-in-law, like, I am so sorry. I just, your, the meatloaf that you make, just, it doesn't make me feel my best. It's not personal. Like, I love you. It's not you, but I'm just going to choose to not eat the meatloaf. I hope you can understand. Like that takes courage. And so that's, that's really how eating healthily can be totally uh, socially isolating when it, when it interferes in these social fam familial relationship uh, situations. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And you're so right because there really are differences too in personality and how people approach things, right? Mm. Like I've seen differences 
I'm a very bold, pretty much unapologetic person. <laughs> so I'm like one of those people, if I want it, that's what I'm going to get. So I haven't had a lot of difficulty with asking for what I want. Of course, we do live in a day and age where now it's kind of normal for people to have all kinds of dietary oh, differences. Totally new world. This person has like this allergy and this person has like this sensitivity and whatever, you know? So it's more socially acceptable. But I love how you're you're really saying it's about owning it. It's about really it, you having the mindset yourself that this is the way I'm going to eat. These are the reasons I'm going to eat this way. And once you start from that framework, then you can move forward in a way that meshes better with your life and your family and your friends. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you define healthy eating a little bit differently. Tell me what your definition is of healthy eating. Yeah. Well, mine is simply just eating more plants in a given day, week, month, year, snack, lifetime, more plants than you eat crap. Crap being chemical, refined, artificial, processed food. And that's what I call plant-based. It's basing your food consumption in plants and just tipping the scales in the favor of, of the goods. I love it. And it's so simple and easy to understand so that people can start implementing it right away. They don't have to worry about, you know, weighing things or measuring things. It's just like outnumber your crap CRAP with yes. plants. I love yes. it. But why should we even care about it? Why, why is eating more plants something that might benefit us? Well, it's funny because if you look at all the, the diets, the trendy diets, the Atkins, the paleo, the keto, the Weight Watchers, I mean, Weight Watchers bribes people to eat plants because there's zero <laughs> points. Okay. Yes. So if you look at all the diets, the common denominator is fruits and vegetables. Like no one disagrees about that because they're the most nutrient rich foods on the planet. They're real foods. They're foods that give our body what it needs to thrive. That's it. Like everyone disagrees with the other things, you know, the grains, the oils, the meats, the dairies, but everyone agrees because it is fact that eating plants is what gives you life. Eating live food gives you life. And so if we just focus simply on eating more of that and make the other stuff personal preference, you know, listen to your body, figure out if grains make you feel good or if they don't, if a lot of oil or a lot of fats do or don't, figure that out. That's your own perk, but just eat more plants and then use good. <laughs> love it. Love it. So awesome. Despite that, even if we make it simple like that, there are some of us that are going to make it difficult. Right. <laughs> so what, what makes healthy eating hard? Where are these obstacles that we place? Or even just in standard American society, what makes it difficult to eat more plants? We do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the amount of people who say, I hate cooking or I don't cook, I can't cook. I mean, that that's it's most people, a lot of people I know. I think a lot of people think that to cook, to make your own food, you have to really feel in love with like the idea of being a gourmet chef. I mean, I've spent most of my book launch here going on podcasts to reveal, oh, shocker, I don't love cooking. I don't. It's fine. Like I love what eating the plants does for me in my life. I love the energy it gives me, the feel goodness it provides me with, and thus the ability to go out in the world and, and be the best doggy mom, wife, sister, daughter, business owner, writer, what speaker I can be. 
but I don't get in the kitchen and think it's this like kumbaya, beautiful meditative process. I think first and foremost, accepting if that's how you feel, like that's okay, but you can still get in there and make food because eating healthfully, I believe is a tool. It is a tool for betterment in the rest of our lives. And so I think the first thing that we all do to make it harder on ourselves is feel like we're supposed to love it. And if we don't, we're broken. And I had another podcast a few weeks ago where we talked about like the, how illogical that is. Like some, it's, cause cooking is an art. It's a, it's a craft, you know, like some people are good carpenters. That, that doesn't mean we all have to love carpentry. You know, it, it's, a, it, we have to just learn to make food in the way that we can do it without it sucking. <laughs> That was very eloquently put. But um, that's why in the book, I literally go through, it starts off with like all these ways in which healthy eating sucks for us. You know, how it can be hard. And then I debunk it by kind of saying like, well, let's look at all the ways that not eating healthfully sucks for us. You know, falling asleep all the time, feeling like crap, you know, having low energy, blah, 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 blah. So all this to say, I think you just need to go in the kitchen and it's okay if you make simple meals. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And my whole book is jam-packed with the world's most simple meals. And I rely a lot on tools, blenders, food processors. A lot of my recipes, you literally throw everything in a food processor, press a few buttons, and then you have a plant-packed pesto or black bean brownies or chickpea blondies. You know, like that's a real awesome way to make healthy eating or cooking much easier. Oh my goodness. That is such an amazing point. And just last night, so Monday and Wednesdays are my really busy clinic days. I see a lot of patients. I come home tired. So very often when I come home, I'll say something like, uh, and I'll feel like cooking just because I'm tired. I literally just want to lay on the couch and someone bring me food and feed me like with, you know, a spoon, <laughs> you I know, blame you. So when I got home last night, I said the usual, I don't feel like cooking. And my older son's like, that's okay, mommy. Cause he knows that sometimes we have to do things, even if we don't feel like it. And I, I totally agree with you that I emphasize over and over and over again, I feel like I almost have to give permission to people that it is totally okay to eat simply. You do not have to make gourmet meals. I love cooking. And so there's sometimes I love, like I love having dinner parties where I cook all day. Like I get up like at five o'clock in the morning by the time the thing is done, I'm like ready to somebody bury me. I'm so dead, but I love that, but I can't do that every week. That's like right. maybe three or four times a year or something like that. Yeah. But most of the time I am simple cooking lady. I want to get in and out and get on with the rest of my life. And it's totally okay because for most of us, that's the only way that it's going to be compatible with yes. our lifestyle. We don't have this like tons of time to be making gourmet meals. And even in your book, you also talk about other approaches too. Like I want to just go ahead and skip ahead because I love this whole upgrade delivery thing. Mm. So even on the days that you are going to get takeout, talk about how you can upgrade your takeout, upgrade, upgrade your delivery meals. Yeah. Well, I spend, um, half my time living in New York city where, you know, delivery and takeout is where it's at. (laughs) So I have a lot of practice in this and 
I feel that again, it's about fitting healthy foods into your life. And if sometimes you need to rely and take out a delivery, like go for it. But some ways to elevate it is if you're getting like a Asian food that, or any food that would come with rice, how about while you're waiting for it to get delivered, you make some quinoa. That's a huge one. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And then you use like a slotted spoon, those big spoons, like kind of like the pasta spoons or whatever, and grab, presuming, assuming you ordered like a curry, let's say you ordered a curry or some sort of stir fry, use the slotted spoon, scoop out the veggies that you likely got and let all the like oil and sauce kind of fade to the background. So you don't need to grab all of it and pop it on quinoa. And now you have an epic a really healthy dinner. Uh, You could even, if you ordered just a veggie, let's say stir fry or something, and you scooped it out and you don't have protein with it. If you have frozen edamame in your freezer, add that to the party. And now you have a really complete meal. Or let's say you order pizza. Then while the pizza is getting delivered, grab all the veggies that you see in your fridge, saute them, and then you could add them to your pizza as extra veggie toppings. Boom. You know, you could even add raw arugula, which is amazing, or kale. You pop it in the oven for like a minute or two on like broil, let that kind of cook in. It's a little crunchy, little kale chip on top. Amazing. So there's a lot of ways that we can um, kind of play around with food that we're getting from the outside. You can do it with Mexican food. You could add cut up kale to tacos if you're getting Mexican food. Again, use quinoa instead of rice. There's so many just little fun things you can do. Yum. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah, definitely think outside the box. How can you just add more whole plant foods to your meals? How can you come in between and have a takeout meal, but also maybe do just a few tiny minutes of work that can elevate that meal even more? I love those ideas. I hadn't ever thought of it quite that way. So thank you for including that in your book. So another thing that you address in your book is your approach to mixed eating type families. This is what I call it, mixed (laughs) eating type families. So there's definitely, this is very common. And I have people ask me this question all the time. They want to eat plant-based or transitioning to a vegan diet, but their partner or their kids are all like, no heck way, I'm going to eat that way. So what advice do you have for those types of families? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is likely every family. I mean, it's hard to assume that every family, the mom, the dad, or the two moms, whatever your family looks like, and the kids, and everyone's like, woohoo, like, let's do it, guys. No. Um, So first, I would say lead by example. That's what happened for me and my husband. So actually, the guy that I was dating in college, when I discovered the plants, he, I was kind of the, I wasn't leading by example. I was like, we're doing this together. No ifs, ands, or buts. And he really, he wasn't a strong, like vocal person. So he didn't really put up a fight. So I was like, we're vegan now. And he's like, okay. Um, so we, we were vegan for together for a long time. And one day he sat me down and said, Talia, I haven't been completely honest with you. And I was like, oh my God, like, who is she? 
she blonde, brunette, like who, who is this girl? And, and he's like, I've been sneaking cheeseburgers behind your back. And he'd been like commuting meat adultery, you know, like he had been totally dishonest in how he wanted to eat. And I had been totally unwilling uh, to let him eat the way he wanted to eat. So I learned from that breakup, literally over a burger, that that was no bueno. That was not the way to move forward. So with my current husband, um, I just decided I would lead by example. What does that mean? That means that I would eat the way I ate and I would live the benefits of eating this food. And every time I would make something, I'd offer him some if he wanted, no pressure, or I'd put leftovers in the fridge and he'd likely go pick at them on his own. Or I'd make a dish and like a dinner and and he could have the optional addition of adding my food to his food. You know, it was just kind of, it's like exposure therapy in a way. And slowly he started tasting my food and seeing how it felt and adding more of it and requesting it. And then he would still like go out with his guys and do like those like steak dinners, you know, uh -uh, and then come home and be sick for three days and be like, what is going on? You know, like, cause he started to notice how food made him feel mm -hmm. because he could just like my coconut smoothie, I felt better. And he started to see that certain foods made him feel better. So now he's like very, very planty without any effort on my behalf. And I'm very proud of that. However, we also do this thing where we make meals and he adds, cause he still eats meat. He adds meat to his meals. So when you're making plants, the way that I suggest, like, let's say you're making an amazing, I'm a huge fan of pesto. So let's say you're making a really great pesto pasta where in the pesto you have spinach or you have kale and you put it over like a chickpea pasta. So you have extra protein. And for me, I add peas or broccoli. Okay. And maybe that's my dinner. He can eat the exact same thing and just add his chicken on top of it. Boom. So now that's the best way to eat with kids or other, you know, family members who are picky. You make one dish, tacos, you add tofu to it, they add beef to it. Great. You're all still getting the plants. So that's, that's been like the, the key to um, eating with anyone, because if you just make one great dish and everyone can add whatever they want to, I mean, you, I make a crisp and someone can add dairy ice cream to it if they want, but I'm adding dairy free, you know, like that's, that's the way to, the way to party. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I had to experience this myself when I first went plant-based and watched all the documentaries and went <laughs> vegan, you know, I was like, this gung ho, like everybody's got to be like me. It was easy for the kids because my kids were young, but my husband being very different personality than me, he's all like, Hey, you know, you can't push me this way. Um, so I went from giving him the evil eye anytime we ate out to then we went to like a don't ask, don't tell policy. Cause I just couldn't take it like knowing. And finally now I'm just like, whatever. But I think you're right too. Once you let go and let people go on their own journey, they get to figure out for themselves what works best in their bodies. And my husband went through the same thing that now I don't think it's been years since he's eaten meat because he realized that whenever he would go out with the guys 
and have yes. this burger. Oh my God. I feel awful. Like he said, I feel heavy and he's a mountain biker and oh. he wanted to be able to go mountain biking and do all this stuff and not feel like all weighed down and like blah. And so he discovered it on his own. And I think that that's really important is that we can't really control other people and especially our partners in life that are grown adults. <laughs> they yeah. have to go on their own journey. We just set the example, do the best we can to provide healthful food. Now, when it comes to the meat, does he cook all his own meat? How does that yes, work? Yes, I don't cook that. I've yeah. never cooked that in my life. And um, when I, I did go to culinary school, but it was a planty culinary school. Nice. So we didn't even learn to do it. So I can't cook meat. I don't want to cook meat. That's his thing. So if he wants to eat it, he can, he can cook it. And he does. He deals with all the meat. Yeah. Okay, great. And you also mentioned your approach to this uh, build your own meal technique. Anything else you want to say about that? You know, you talked about tacos, you can do it with pasta, any other ideas where it's easy to kind of have one versatile meal for the whole family, including kids? Well, in terms of the versatile meal for the whole family, I, yeah, I think pastas are like a home run because that's a great way to add a lot of veggies. One of my favorite things to do is to make a spaghetti, like a brown rice spaghetti or a um, chickpea pasta spaghetti and also do zoodles with it. Mm. So it's like half, half and half. Cause that's another way to boost the plants in it. But I have a method in the book called Bolin, which is really building a very simple meal. Because like we said earlier, I think simple is the way to go. We do not need to reinvent the meal wheel every night. It's mm -hmm. not, we don't need to eat like that. Um, in fact, we thrive off of routine, you know? So, so one way that I do that is I love to just start with a base, like a, I'm a huge fan of sweet, sweet potato, like stuffed sweet potato. So you just make a sweet potato and then I add veggies. So whatever I've got in the freezer, I'm a big fan of frozen veggies. And this is something you could do for the whole family. Everyone gets their own sweet potato, veggies on top, then some sort of protein, whether that's frozen edamame or I do tempeh, I love tempeh. Um, I have some tofu recipes or even a veggie burger on top. And then, so now you have the sweet potato as a base, or you could do quinoa. So like some starchy base, then plants and then a protein. And then I just do like what I call lube, you know, some sort of sauce. It could just be, I have a tahini sauce in the book or, you know, a pesto or just balsamic, whatever. And like, boom, that's a meal. And everyone can just make it, eat it themselves, you know, have leftovers. That's, that's how I love to eat. Simple. I love it. Yeah. The sauce is key though, isn't it? I feel like sauce is so important to elevate any meal. It doesn't matter what combination of stuff you have. You throw some sauce on there and it's just like, yum. Always. So yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I always have sauces hanging out in the fridge because like you can do any, that's how, like, I love just taking random leftovers, putting in a wrap, putting a sauce on, and then you have a meal. Yep. Yeah, totally. I love that. Okay, great. All right. Tell me your philosophy on leftovers. <laughs> well, I say that leftovers are the best overs and I am just an avid fan of using leftovers. Like I will save a tablespoon of quinoa, you know, if I have it, like my husband always wants to scrape things off. I'm like, no Tupperware that because when you're in a pinch for lunch, you know, most of us are now always, like working from home. I always work from home, but in, most people are now working from home. And 
if you are in a pinch, if you forgot to eat lunch or you're too busy or you're working too hard and you go to your fridge and you have a bunch of little containers with random veggies, if you put that all together over quinoa or in a wrap, you can have a meal. And it didn't take much time. It didn't take much energy. It was quick. It was easy. It was healthy. And that's how I love to eat. So my, you know, people ask, do you meal prep? I don't meal prep. But what I do is when I make any, I make many. So if I'm getting my booty in that kitchen, if I'm making quinoa, if I'm making, you know, anything, I'm going to double it. I'm going to triple it because why not, you know, do your future self a favor? Why not have leftovers to play with later? So that is a huge way that I make healthy eating so much easier because then you go into a fridge and it's not like scary because you already have some components you can play with. Yeah, no, that is, that's just so essential because you're getting more bang for your buck out of exactly. that time you're spending in the kitchen. And I like some people, they're kind of snobby about leftovers. They're like, I don't eat leftovers, but yeah, there's some <laughs> types of meals. There really are some that the leftovers taste better. Don't you think like some Chili. soups and some yeah. casseroles? I mm -hmm. mean, the next day you're like, damn, how did this get so delicious? So Pasta, maybe just, salad, chili. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So it's, it's about opening your mind and seeing how, how can I optimize my time? How can I get more efficient? And then whenever you get teenagers in your house, like I do, you end up having to triple your meals anyway, because they eat so much. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much food I have to make, That's but so it, it just makes the next day lunches. And also what I tell people is remember that your meals don't have to be specific meal types. Like it's okay to have Leftovers for breakfast. There is mm. nothing wrong. Breakfast doesn't have to be a sweet pastry. It can be <laughs> beans and rice with a sauce. I mean, it totally yes. can. So use your time fully. wisely. I love your philosophy on leftovers. That made me so incredibly happy. <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk about eating out. What tips do you have for people that are trying to navigate restaurants and still mm -hmm. eat a plant-based diet? Well, obvious one is to check the menu before you go anywhere. I mean, I'm sure everybody is doing, maybe not. Maybe people are just showing up at a restaurant and just seeing what's there, but it's very easy to do a little research ahead of time and make sure there's something on there that appeals to you that works for the way you want to eat. And if not, then maybe you could you know, suggest something else. And usually people are flexible. If you're going out with a bunch of people, if you want to suggest like a comparable restaurant that has a veggie taco, if the original restaurant doesn't, people will be open for that. But you can also at restaurants, usually really kind of make your own meal based on what they have on the menu. So I'm like a pro at doing this because I, like I said, started eating this way before there was, like servers knew what gluten was. <laughs> like before there were special menu items or special menus that were like, here's the vegan menu. And they bring out a separate menu. Like I used to have to go to a normal restaurant and just see, okay, so they have a side of, you know, broccoli here. Okay. Okay. Great. They have, you know, um, this salad here. Okay. Okay. And then they have this pasta. Can I do it just veggie? So I would just look at the whole menu and see if I could compose a meal or a starter and an entree based on just different components I saw. So 
sometimes that just meant like asking, you know, them to make a pasta dish with all the veggies on the menu. Like I used to say like every single vegetable, please put it in a pasta. <laughs> or can I just have, I used to go to, um, steakhouses are amazing for vegetable meals. They do vegetables better than a lot of vegan restaurants. Mm-hmm. So like I went through a spurt of going to casinos a lot to watch um, comedy, stand-up comics. Like I saw Seinfeld like a dozen times. And every time we'd go to a different casino, I'd go to the steakhouse and literally just get a meal composed of all their veggie sides. It was awesome. So you really just have to be creative. And this is again where that confidence comes in. You have to ask boldly, for what you want. You have to not worry about being a pain in the butt. You have to ask for it. And my husband has a trick where if we ask for something without dairy and he's concerned that they didn't take it seriously enough or they're like not, they just didn't seem like very compassionate. They're just like, okay. He will call them back over and say, I'm sorry, did we tell, did we say no dairy? We can't remember. And so he hits it home again. You have to ask for what you want. And that does take courage. But, you know, this is, this is, if you want to eat this way, you have to stay loyal to yourself and your body. Yes, absolutely. And it just takes practice. You know, the first couple yeah. of times you're going to feel all fluster and you'll be like, oh, and you know, <laughs> not, no, not sure what you did, but after a while you do feel more confident in it. And I, I like your pasta approach. I've done that before. And one of the things that I habitually say is like, for example, if we go to an Italian restaurant and I ask for, I, I tell them every veggie you have in the kitchen, I want it in there. And then I'll say, I want a ridiculous amount of vegetables I love because that. people just, they don't eat that many vegetables. And so when That's I say true. I want all the vegetables, like it'll literally be like, like Three two broccoli. little tiny, like two little tiny pieces of broccoli and like two peas. I mean, like, this is not yeah. enough vegetables for me. So I will say, I want a ridiculous amount I of vegetables. And then it usually comes out satisfactory. That's <laughs> so, so good. That's good. Yeah. And as you're talking, another thing that big with Mexican restaurants is you can always ask them to remove, you know, if they only have a chicken burrito, just ask no chicken. You, mm-hmm. you can make those substitutions. Or if you're ordering guac, you can always ask for cut up veggies, mm-hmm. you know, with the guac. Like you can, sometimes you won't see it on the menu, but just think like, what can I add veggies to? And they always, if you're going to a restaurant with no veggies, that's not the right restaurant to be in. But most restaurants have veggies and you can ask for them on, in, around, above, below things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's easier than you think. It's like I said, it just takes practice. It, you get, have to get comfortable with it. And you just have to have that courage to put yeah. yourself out there and, and start asking for what you want. That's yeah. awesome. All right. So another challenge that comes up is traveling. So what are your travel tips for people? Although right now it's so What's sad. What's traveling? We're not really trying. I was like, traveling? I think I just want to take a moment and cry right now because we usually take so many trips during the summer and right now we're not, but say we lived in a world where we did travel. <laughs> what would be your travel tips? Travel tips. If I can remember how to travel. No, I would say there's two main kind of philosophies. One is bring staples. I, you know, I always am bringing greens powders with me. It depends what kind of trip, but I'll bring like almond milk 
lunchbox, not lunchbox. Yeah, like lunch, not lunchbox, juice boxes of almond milk. Um, I bring protein powders with me. I bring stevia because I like stevia. I can, I bring granola. I have a whole list in the book of like these staples. And it's kind of like if you're packing a toiletry case, like this is your food, food, a tree case, you know, mm-hmm. your, your healthy staples. So I bring chia seeds. I always bring chia seeds because you can add that to water or any drink. Um, so it's bring staples is one kind of core pillar. And then the other pillar is like loosen up, you know, don't expect your, the ease in which you find yourself eating at home with your own fridge and in your own controlled environment to also be the ease with which you eat on an airplane or in a hotel or wherever you're at a work conference. Like it's not going to happen, but I learned and one of my core thread line threads between um, with throughout my whole book is that the stress is worse for us than anything. Mm-hmm. That stress is worse for our body than the Cheetos. That stress is worse than the Doritos. So, so if you can just loosen up a bit and give yourself a little bit of extra love, a little extra slack, a little bit of compassion that you're doing the best you can, don't, don't white knuckle it out there. That doesn't do anyone any good. So prepare the best you can, pack your little toiletry case of food, but then also like relax, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's about your most of the time. That, that, you know, I say it's your most of the time that matters most. So if you can just keep, that's why the whole philosophy is eat more plants than you do crap. Like that's not a specific number. So just relax. (laughs) Yes. That is so important, especially when families are with kids and traveling, Mm. that flexibility is so important to keep, uh, keep your mind on because you would travel, there's all these time changes and all of this stuff and kids are hungry at weird times. And Mm. so you try your best to kind of keep a structure, but you know, knowing when you're going to be traveling, you just do the best you can, uh, with all the stuff you're saying, I think that's super important. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. All right, Talia, what do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew how much better they could feel if they ate more plants. You know, they say you don't know what you don't know. I say you don't know the glow that you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's so many people walking around right now at a fraction of the, the life, you know, the life force they could have if they just tipped the odds in the favor of the plants in their diet. And I just wish more, you know, it's, a lot of people come to the plants through health issues like myself. So I'm blessed that I have IBS that, that really holds me accountable to eating the plants because I get to reap the benefits. Now you came to it. It sounds like through, well, your work, but also these documentaries. So you kind of kind of came to it through, through an intellectual approach. And then some people now are coming to it through like a trend approach that like, it's just on the rise, Mm -hmm. but however you come to the plants, I just wish that more people knew how much better the rest of their life could be. If it's not just about trendiness or intelligence, it's about the, like how you perform showing up is your best self in every aspect of your life. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. You don't know the glow you don't know. That is so great. And I a hundred percent agree. I think 
that there is a little bit of a trend right now. It does seem like the cool thing to do, like go vegan, eat Mm plant-based, but it just makes so much sense. And I love your approach in just outweigh the more processed foods with plant foods. You don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent. How can you move towards eating more plants? And then along the way, pay attention, pay attention to how your body feels, how your brain is functioning, the clarity you have, how you're sleeping, how your joints feel, because probably there's going to be some differences if you really pay attention there. Yes, yes, yes. And the thing about trends is they go out of trend. Mm -hmm. I mean, bell bottoms are not cool anymore. So I don't want people to look at this as a trend. And that was something that I had to deal with. It was like an inner journey because I discovered the plants from a pure place. I came to it for the right reasons, you would say, and it changed my life. And then to watch it become trendy has been very upsetting to me because on one hand, I'm I'm grateful that it's so much more accessible now mm-hmm. and the trendiness of it makes it so like I'm within like a six block radius of like 12 vegan ice cream options at all times in the city, which is, I mean, goodness, amazing. But I'm nervous. I don't like, because like I said, trends go out of trend. And I don't want people to think this is just a cool thing to do. This is the thing to do to thrive always. So let's not look at it like it's a fad because it's not. It's not going anywhere. Yes. Yes. Preach, lady. Preach. (laughs) Love it. What personal habit are you most proud of? How did you develop it? And how do you maintain it? This is a tough one. Um, I have to go with my like a real habit, what you would call like a habit. So I drink every morning a drink with two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. So it's 10 ounces of water, two tablespoons of ACV. And then I put in a packet of amazing grasses, energy greens, which has some yerba mate and matcha in it. And I've drank this cocktail for over six years now, every single morning. Whoa. And I, I can't, I literally, we went on our honeymoon in Botswana and they, I, they like confiscated my little bottle of apple cider vinegar. And I like cried and begged. And I'm like, that is my medicine. I need that. It's my medicine. And they, they let me, they let me keep it. Like I will fight to the death to keep this habit going because I've noticed how it makes me feel. My body feels so good with the probiotics from that apple cider vinegar. It I don't drink coffee, so that matcha, yerba mate blend with the greens. So I'm getting those greens in already, a serving of greens, right in the morning, hydrating with water. It is just this miracle cocktail that I love. And so the way I stuck with is I've loved how it makes me feel. And it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of not hard to stick with something when feel great doing it. So yeah. Wow. Six years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So do you, you make it as soon as you get up in the morning? It's the first thing you do. Yeah. First thing I do. And I shake it in a shaker cup and it's just, you know, some people make coffee. This is my thing. It's your thing. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Talia, this has been so awesome. I love everything that you have to say and all the stuff that you do. And I'm sure that the listeners are also super excited to learn even more about you. So can you please tell my listeners how they can connect with you and what services and products you offer? 
Yeah. Well, we spoke a lot about my big service and product, which is my brand new book, which is called Party in Your Plants. And it's available wherever books are safely sold, which is pretty much the internet right now. So all of the, the online bookstores will have Party in Your Plants. And I host the Party in My Plants podcast. So that's a great way to connect with me, learn more about my philosophy, lots of stories, amazing guests. So that's the Party in My Plants podcast. And all of my stuff is available at partyinmyplants.com. Great. And what all do you do? I saw that you are also an empowerment coach. What does that mean? Well, I'm also a speaker really. And I work with college students and I go into companies and conferences and I talk about how, when we eat more plants, like I said, we can be better in the rest of our lives. So I love taking this whole thing out of the kitchen and empowering people to really have that confidence and that boldness and that courage to, you know, really step into who they are and go for what they really want, which is a skill they can learn through, you know, ordering the, you know, the cucumbers with the guac. And then you take that skill, you build on that confidence, and then you can apply it to your, your career or your relationships or other goals in your life. So that's, that's really where that comes into it. Oh, I love it. That's great. So Definitely. I want everybody to get this book. It's not just a beautiful cookbook. I mean, it's, it's so nice to look at. It's really fun and playful. The stuff I like, cause you know, I'm a pediatrician and I like all that kind of stuff, but it also has some really amazing practical tips for how you can include more plants in your life. So definitely go get that book party in your plants. So finally, if you could please leave my listeners with a call to action for the week, what one thing can they do this week to improve their lives? Well, this is not going to come as a shocker. It is to please consciously try to eat more plants. Just, you know, for the rest of today, tomorrow, look down at what you're about to eat. Think about what you're about to make and ask yourself, can I add more plants to this. Really try to focus this week on eating more plants than crap and see how it makes you feel. Perfect. I love it. Talia, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story with humor and with lightheartedness. I really appreciate you. And I know that everybody that's read your book and is going to read your book also appreciates you. And hopefully they will just continue to eat more and more plants. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for giving me the space to share. It's been a delight. Awesome. Well, I hope that you have a very plantastic day. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. Let's
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.